everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Good Conversation, a podcast where we share and celebrate the life experiences of anyone and everyone. My name is Valerie, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing my best friend and my co-host, Iris. Iris, for those who don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you'll be talking about today? Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. Thanks for having me. This is very interesting. Um, So my name is Iris and I'm currently a UBC student studying occupational therapy. And today I'll be talking about seven lessons that I keep close to my heart that I've found helps me live a more fulfilling life. And those lessons are centered around relationships and personal growth because I value those things a lot. Wow, that's so great. You're one of the most understanding, empathetic, kind, and wholesome people I know. So I'm super excited to hear what seven lessons have helped you become the person who you are. Um, So let's get into it. What is the first lesson? Okay, so the first lesson is be the person you want to fall in love with or be the friend that you wish to have. And this lesson is kind of a mindset that helps me redefine my focuses in my relationships. For example, a lot of the times growing up, I found that when my friends and I would have conversations about our partners or what we we would want in a partner, we would always talk about what qualities we wish to see in the other person. For example, they have to be patient, or they're very considerate and understanding, a good listener, the list goes on. And I think that also applies the same in friendships, where we ask each other, what kind of friend do we want to have? What's a good friend? Well, someone who's there for you, someone who's loyal, someone who's patient, and the list goes on for that as well. But I found that I never really directed the focus to myself. And I never really checked in to see if I had those qualities that I expected the people in my life to have. So kind of the takeaway for this lesson is make sure you can first uphold the expectations you have for other people in yourself. Wow, I really like that. I love what you said about making sure that you can uphold um, the expectations that you have for your partners or your friends. I think that's so important because people these days are so quick to sort of blame the other person for any fault that they have that they don't really look into themselves to see if they are if they also have those faults or if they are the person that they want. So I'm wondering can you give us an example of living out this lesson in your day-to-day life? Yeah definitely. I think maybe I'll start with a friendship example. Um, Let's say that one day my friend is kind of having a bad day, they may be in a bad mood and they might be a little less patient with me, maybe a little sassy or just I could just feel irritation and maybe they call me out on something. I think in the past it would be really easy for me to like jump to defending myself or kind of almost saying something irritable back because when someone kind of kind of ruffles you, you're kind of you just want to get back there. But I feel like With this lesson, I'm able to pause and kind of think, you know, I've always wanted a patient friend, a friend who's understanding and who believed the best in me. So in this situation, I'm just gonna step back and kind of not respond the way I might automatically and kind of enact that patience. 
And I think that making, understanding that sometimes it's not easy being those wonderful qualities, such as being a great listener, being super, super patient. I think in the future, if my friend in the future is not patient with me and is not as understanding, I won't jump to being like, oh my gosh, they are not a great friend because I personally know that it is difficult at times to uphold those amazing qualities. So I think what this lesson has taught me is when someone else doesn't meet your expectations, don't get upset right away and really understand that it's not, it's sometimes those qualities don't come very easily. And, or sometimes it's hard to be kind of that perfect partner or perfect friend all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um... I think, I think I agree with you. Um, it's not easy to always be super patient and understanding and empathetic. And I think that it's really great that you try to understand from the other person's perspective instead of just jumping straight to saying that they're not a good friend. Um, and I really like what you said about how in the past, if someone was being mean to you, if they weren't patient with you, you would try to get back at them and be irritable or be mean back to them. But nowadays, after you learn this lesson, you pause and you think and you try to be more patient and understanding with the other person and sort of see the situation from their perspective. Yeah, yeah, that's a really great summary. I found that, honestly, this has really helped in my friendships and my those and in romantic relationships, I feel. I guess I can touch on that a little bit because I think it, I feel like this is probably the area where I had this problem the most, where I would be, when my partner um, wasn't, you know, really caring or very considerate or, you know, was was very nice all the time, I'd be like, okay, maybe this relationship isn't going to work out. And I jumped to very, um, like, negative thoughts because I feel like, why aren't you these qualities? Because these qualities are what I look for. But... I tried to like, after I extended the focus to myself and I realized that, you know what? I'm pretty moody at times. I'm irritable at times. And I think after I kind of self-reflected and realized that I wasn't behaving in the way that I expected my partner to, it was a big moment for me. And I realized, wow, before I can really expect that of other people, I have to make sure that I'm able to do that in myself first. And instead of always focusing on what I wish my partner was, I turned the focus to myself. And that's where that lesson kind of comes together. Be the person you want to fall in love with. Because when you shift that focus and you put it on yourself, I think it allows you to grow more and really kind of appreciate the good qualities of your partner because you know how difficult it can be at times to to enact that in yourself. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really, really great. Um, I really like what you said about focusing the attention from the other person or your partner to yourself and working on yourself as a person rather than seeing what's wrong with the other person or your partner. Thanks for sharing that really inspiring story about you and your partner and how you learned this lesson. So what is your second lesson for relationships? Yeah, so my second lesson is forgive easily others and yourself. And what I mean by this is 
Sometimes people that you value in your life, such as close friends, partners, family, may wrong you because humans, I feel like everyone makes mistakes from time to time. But to forgive easily means to not hold grudges or make judgments against their character right away. Because I feel like at the end of the day, for people that you're really close to and you've been you know, interacting with each other for a long time, you know their intent, you know their heart, and I think it's really important to believe the best in other people and know that the people that are close to you, even if they wrong you, are trying their best and have your best intentions at heart. Um, although, you know, there may be cases when someone might actually be wronging you and they have bad intentions. I just feel like what I'm talking about in this lesson is just in general, overall, like with like tiny or small mistakes that people make that might hurt you. Um, but anyways, I believe that forgiveness is a really powerful quality because it means that you, if you forgive someone, it means that instead of giving anger to whoever it is you might be upset with, you give them this opportunity to say, hey, I, I believe in you and I believe that you can be better. So I choose to forgive you. And I think that for me, whenever I feel that my friend forgives me after I've done something maybe not so nice or not so considerate, it makes me more motivated to be a better friend, be a better partner, be a better daughter. And yeah, I think in, in a way it also decreases negative emotion for yourself because oftentimes when you don't forgive someone you might be holding a grudge and you might feel very angry and it's really not a good feeling speaking from personal experience and yeah so at the end of the day it allows you to believe in your friend and make things better as well as reduce negative emotion within yourself mm -hmm, yeah Wow, that's very inspiring because usually when I hear about forgiveness, it's usually in the context of someone being seen as being weak. But that's the first time I've heard of forgiveness as something that is powerful. And I actually really like that. I really like what you said about um, forgiveness is telling the other person that you believe in them and that they can do better. And I think that's super inspiring how you can sort of see the best in everyone and it's sort of like you're seeing their potential rather than who they are currently and I think that is very very inspiring and it makes me want to be like a better person and I can really see how you have lived that out in your life just Aww. for friendship <laughs> well yeah and I guess to add on I feel like forgiving easily also applies to yourself because I often find that, again, with the same concept of being a powerful quality and it means you believe the best in other people, when you forgive yourself, it means that you believe in yourself and you trust yourself to be better. And I think I came to this realization because I've always been super hard on myself and I tend to ruminate and it's a quality I'm constantly working on. But let's say I make a mistake or, you know, sometimes I'm not very considerate. I would always kind of like get upset at myself. And I realized in the past, I was just, I would just be in a bad mood for a long time because I'm like, oh my God, why did I do that? Oh, 
why couldn't I just have not done that? And those kind of thoughts stuck around for a long time. But when you realize that rumination really can't fix things, it's best to kind of just recognize what you did wrong, learn from it, and then tell yourself, I forgive you, and move on and believe that you will be better next time because life goes on and i think to have this goal to live a fulfilling life you have to be able to accept the mistakes that you've made and just believe that you can be better Mm -hmm. that's actually really great advice Um, as someone who also ruminates a lot it's definitely really hard to stop yourself from constantly thinking about what you did wrong and why you did that Um, but i really like what you said about just recognizing that okay you did this wrong and learning learn from it and then you forgive yourself and just trust that you'll do better next time i think that's that's like really great and it will really help people break the cycle of rumination i believe yeah i hope so too rumination sucks it does suck (laughs) once you're able to like find a way out of it and learn from it it can become kind of powerful if you can know when to stop it yeah anyways i guess that kind of leads me to my next lesson called the mri which is short for most respectful interpretation i know you probably thought it was probably like the medical actually yeah the very first time you told me about mri i was like oh like the what is it called magnetic resonance imaging or something (laughs) (laughs) anyway so the mri was i learned from donna who's a professor in the mot program at ubc and after i heard it i was just super inspired because it is such a simple concept and i feel like I, i learned it before but i feel like with any sort of mindset mindset is kind of like a skill you kind of have to keep practicing to get good at it just because you learn something once and you're like whoa this is something i want to keep in my life if you don't practice it and you constantly reinforce it you kind of lose the skill um but anyways moving on to the most respectful interpretation it basically means to be willing to give the benefit of a doubt towards people whether that's strangers friends, people you know, acquaintances, etc. And not jumping to the first negative possible option when a situation doesn't play out exactly the way you expected it to. Um, and something that stands out to me is, I guess, people with, with road rage. Because oftentimes when I'm driving, there might be people who kind of honk at me. And the first reaction I'd have is, oh my gosh, have they like do they have nothing better to do like why are they so angry and I would just get mad but then with the most respectful interpretation I would kind of just think okay you know this person is clearly annoyed at me and you know I feel bad that they're kind of angry that this is happening and I hope that you know they're not angry in other parts of their life because anger doesn't do good really for anything And I think if I'm able to, I mean, road rage is just one example, but I'm sure like you can kind of see how it applies to other situations, but just to not jump to kind of like, oh, they're kind of just annoying, but giving them that benefit of doubt that they're still, you know, good people, but sometimes it could just be a bad day too. I think it has um, really helped me make light of a lot of, you know, unexpected or uncomfortable situations that's happened to me. 
I feel like your MRI is it sort of ties together the other all the lessons that you've talked about so far because the MRI you kind of brought in um, empathizing and understanding the perspective of someone else so like for example in your road rage you're talking about how when the other person is angry your first reaction would be to be mad but if you are using the MRI like the most respective interpretation then you might try to understand their situation and maybe think oh like you know, they're obviously really angry here. I hope that um, they're not angry in the other parts of their lives, that their life is like good. Um, and I think that is all, that's also in line with seeing the best in other people. So like going back to your second lesson to forgive easily. Um, I really like how it all ties together really nicely. Yeah, well, I like how you summarize it. That's true. I guess they are kind of interconnected. Yeah. I guess, but also if you kind of consider giving yourself the MRI, yourself the most respectful interpretation, that kind of ties into forgiving yourself too. Mm-hmm, yeah. I guess I could I could expand on that a little bit, but it's along with the MRI of giving the benefit of a doubt to people, it's important to give yourself a benefit of a doubt too. So can you give us an example of using the MRI in your own life for yourself? Yeah, definitely. So I think when you give yourself the MRI, it's kind of just not, also not jumping to the first negative option when something happens in your life. For example, there are days where I feel super tired, where I don't feel very sociable, and I feel kind of just out of it. I think in the past, without practicing this, I'd kind of be hard on myself and be like, why am I so tired? Like, why can't I just like get out of bed and start talking to my friends? Why can't I just hang out with my friends and be happier? And I would kind of get like frustrated. But I think with the MRI, I feel like I give myself more empathy. I'm able to validate my own emotions. And I think once I'm able to sort of accept myself in all of my forms, whether that's positive or the, the ones where I feel like need improvement, Um, I'm able to kind of find peace and understand that, you know, on a day that I'm tired, it might just be the normal cycle of life. It's okay. You know, on a day where I don't feel sociable, I'm kind of like, that's very normal. And it's okay. And I'll just do other things to keep myself busy. On On a day where I do feel sociable, then I will do what I want then with my friends. But yeah, I feel like when I give myself the most respectful interpretation, I'm able to grow more, understand myself, and kind of feel better in that moment if I'm feeling low. Mm -hmm. I really like that. I think it's so important to accept yourself and to validate yourself and to tell yourself that it's okay to feel the way that you feel. Um, And I really like this MRI for yourself idea, and I'll definitely be applying it to my own life. Yeah, and I I do agree that I think um, accepting yourself and validating yourself is one of the, I guess, only ways where you can grow and learn more about yourself. So that's super important. On that note, I know that the next four lessons are about personal growth. So can you tell us the first personal growth lesson? Yes, I'd I'd love to. Um, I'm super excited because I feel like these ones, these four lessons, I've really tried to apply them to my life and I feel like it's made some improvements. So I'm really excited to share with you and everyone who listens. 
So the first lesson is be present in everything you do. What I mean by this is I believe that everyone has different things that they're working on at all times in their life. And I think of this as almost like a pie and that's how I view my life. Let's say that 20% of my pie is towards friendships and 10% is for movies and entertainment. You know, 30% is for family and 40% is for school, academia. I don't know if the math adds up, but the idea is that there are a lot of components of our lives that we're trying to fulfill simultaneously. And what being present in everything you do means is that when you are doing one activity at a single component in your pie, this can be maybe friendship. To make sure that when you are hanging out with your friends, you're not letting other parts of your pie or different things in your life cloud your head and interfere with that hangout. And how I got to this idea of being present is because I feel like in the past in my life, I really was not present. So when I would hang out with my friends, I'd always be a little bit anxious and stressed because I have my to-do list in the back of my head. And I think, okay, I still need to finish this. I need to write this paper. I need to get to work soon. I should call my parents. Did I call my grandparents this week? And it, I would always have all these thoughts in my head. So it kind of took away from that moment when I'm hanging out with my friend. And I found that I felt this all the time. So even when I was studying, I'd be like, why am I not hanging out with friends? And it's like I was trying to fulfill everything I wanted to do all at once. And I was thinking about it all at once. But I realized that made me feel unfulfilled in everything I did because I didn't give it my everything. But once I kind of changed my perspective and I decided to kind of allocate time to everything I wanted to do and I would plan it out of my calendar. For example, this week I'm going to hang out two times for two hours each. So in the other times of my day, I can focus on what I do because I know, okay, I'm going to hang out with my friends later and I'm not thinking about it. And when I'm hanging out my, with my friends, I don't think about other things I'm going to do so I can make the most out of that moment and really invest in that time. And I guess I kind of just want to tie this back to my pie, if it makes sense. But I'm just, it's basically the pie is saying that, you know, you could give yourself, let's say something that's not really valuable, like Netflix time but you want to schedule that in. It can be 5% of your total pie, meaning it's like a very minimal part of how you spend your time. But when you decide to watch Netflix, maybe it's only for half an hour for an entire week. That half hour, you totally dedicate to Netflix. You're not feeling guilty about it. You're just you're just there. So even that 5% of your pie, you're, you're getting 100% of that 5%. And I guess, yeah, having this... As a reminder to me, I'm able to make the most out of everything I do. And I feel like it's made me be more efficient with my time as well. I really like that um, pie chart idea. I'm just like imagining when you're talking about the 5%, I was thinking, oh, like a little tiny sliver of the pie is for Netflix. Um, and I also really like what you said about um, like putting, I guess like to paraphrase, putting all your attention into the one thing that you're doing at the time so that you can be, you can do your best and 
put in all your effort into that one thing, like whatever you're doing. And I think that's also so important to be, I guess, successful and to feel fulfilled as if you're actually giving your all in everything that you do. Um, so I have a question. Do you have any advice for people who are really anxious um, how they can learn how to do this? Because I know that when you have anxiety or um, when you ruminate a lot, it's really hard to turn off your thoughts. So if you're hanging out with friends, it's hard to turn off the thought of, oh, like I have to do all this. I have to do all this studying. You know, I have to get this done for work and stuff. Um, so yeah, I guess, do you have any advice for people like that? Yeah, I think that's that's such an important and great question. I think I can relate to that because I found that my anxious levels go up and down in different times in my life and sometimes I don't I don't even know why sometimes I feel more anxious than others but I feel like what I did to help with that is to give myself a lot of rest time in my pie so before I would have my pie really stacked up in activities it'd be like extracurricular school you know friends um volunteering but then I realized at one point I couldn't keep up with that because I was getting very anxious and it was hard not to ruminate. So I decided to decrease the amount of time I spent in those kind of working activities. And I, I allocated a lot of time for, I guess, self-care or self-time where I could just lay on my bed and do nothing and kind of almost like breathe my anxiousness out. And I think that really helped because I didn't feel guilty about resting. I kind of realized this actually allows me to be more present in what I do. And I feel like that strategy really helped with me. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's very good. So like just making sure that you schedule in some time for rest and self-care instead of stacking your pie to the fullest. And that can, that can help you become less anxious and think about less things. Mm -hmm next lesson I'd like to share in terms of personal growth is this quote that I learned from this book called The Happiness Equation and it's the lesson is happiness leads to success. When I first heard it I wasn't sure exactly what that meant but I kind of reflected on why it was kind of a shock for me this statement. So when I was growing up I always believed that hard work led to success and success led to happiness. So this kind of mindset always made me believe that hard work now will pay off later. So all I have to do is just, even if I hate what I'm going through, I have to endure it because once I achieve my goals, then I'll be successful and then I will be happy. So that made me have a lot of extrinsic motivation and develop an happiness based on achievement. But I think the flaw with this is even after I achieve things, and this could be maybe, I don't know, getting into UBC or um, getting a, an exec position or I don't know, any kind of extrinsic kind of achievement. I, I wasn't really happy. I, I didn't feel the happiness and kind of was like, okay, what's the next thing that I can achieve? until I read this book and I sort of changed um, my mindset about this, where it's more like happiness in the present leads to hard work, which leads to success in your own terms. So 
my takeaway from this is if you're present in everything that you do and you value the progress and you celebrate your daily wins, you'll feel happy every single day. And that happiness will fuel you and motivate you to work harder intrinsically, I believe. And this kind of hard work will just stick with you because you're so happy with your progress and what you're doing. And ultimately, it'll lead you to achieve the goals that you are working towards. Wow, um, that is a very powerful transformation on your part. Um, how you went from growing up believing that hard work equals success, which equals happiness, to thinking now that celebrating your daily wins equals happiness, equals being motivated to work hard and being successful. I think what you're talking about earlier about how you grew up thinking that hard work is success and, and before you can be happy, you have to be successful. I think that's such a typical Asian cultural belief. Like we all, we all kind of grew up thinking that we can't be happy unless we're successful and rich and doctors and everything. Um, but I'm really, I'm really happy that you were able to learn that, you know, that's not always the case, that a lot of times happiness comes before success. Um, so what's your next lesson? So the next lesson that I have for myself in terms of personal growth is don't stress about things that you have to do anyway. And I learned this lesson from my old senior RA, Anil. Anil, if you're hearing this, you're the best. Um, but it's made really big differences for me in my life. So first, I'll tell you a little bit about what my life was like before I applied this lesson to my life. And then I'll share a little bit about what changes I found happened after. So before I use this lesson in my day-to-day -day life, I would always be nervous about upcoming things, whether that's a presentation or maybe going to a party with a lot of people I don't know or applying for a job or applying for a program. It could just be anything that you know you want to do and you have to do. I spent a lot of time being worried about it, thinking about it, definitely ruminating and thinking oh my gosh, this is coming up. So I think a very obvious example for me is probably interviews because they're so nerve wracking for me. And I often feel the night before I would be like, oh my gosh, this is happening. I'm so nervous. I'm so stressed. What if I forget everything? And I would be stressing. But after Anil taught me this lesson about don't stress about things that you have to do anyways, I was kind of like, oh, very interesting. Whether I like it or not, I signed up for this interview. I'm gonna have to do it. Whether I'm nervous about this party or not, I'll, I'll be going. I said I was going, so there's that. Um, I learned that if I just stop focusing on how stressful and how scary those situations are because I have to do it anyway, I decided to channel my nervous energy into motivated energy and I directed it in a more positive kind of way to my life so that when the things I had to do anyways no matter how stressful they were to me or not I decided to lower my stress response and kind of accept it as something that I want to do and I'm willing to do and I and I think from that things became less daunting because I knew that I signed up for it 
and this is something I'm gonna have to do anyways. So I try my best to stop stressing when I notice I am, and I tell myself, this is happening, what can I do in the meantime to better myself and feel more prepared and equipped for whatever is coming up? Mm-hmm. That's such an interesting perspective. I've, I've honestly, like, I've never heard that being said before, but I think that the moment you told me, like, the moment you said that, don't stress about things you have to do anyway, I thought it was super liberating. Um, because like you said, if you if you signed up for it and you have to do it, then there's not really a point of stressing about it because you just have to do it anyway. Um, and I really like what you said about instead of being stressed out, you can channel your energy and do something productive instead. Um, so if you're stressed out, you can, instead of being stressed out, you can use that energy to better yourself and to prepare yourself for whatever it is that you're stressed out about. Um, so I guess in your interview example, instead of stressing out about how scary the interview is, you can use that energy and you can do research on you know the types of questions they might ask and um, think of what answers you have. And I think, I think that's a really great lesson that is actually, I think it's, a, it's something that everyone kind of should learn. Um, so on that note, um, I guess we are on your last lesson for personal growth. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I think the final lesson related to personal growth that I keep close to my heart is know your comfort zone and step outside it. I'll start by defining what I mean by a comfort zone and then expand more about what it means to step outside it. So to me, a comfort zone is a space where you feel safe, where you can predict the course of events that could happen. For example, if I'm talking about friendships, staying inside my comfort zone would mean I would just stay with the friends that I know and everything feels great. And it's great to be in my comfort zone. And I guess in related to school-based or career-based, I would always look for jobs where I know that I'm already good at it because it feels great to be praised about my work and it feels good to know that I'm good at something. And to me, to step outside of your comfort zone means to embrace the uncertainty that comes with the unknown. To expand upon my friendship and career-based example, it means that if I make new friends, I don't know if they'll like me, I don't know if I'll like them, I don't know if the situation will be awkward. And in terms of career, it's kind of like, what if I suck at this new job? What if I receive really negative feedback? And there's just a lot more uncertainty that comes with it. But why I decided to add this lesson to my life by always stepping outside my comfort zone is I believe that that's where the most amount of personal growth occurs. And I believe that you learn the most about yourself when you're surrounding yourself in environments that are different, when you're surrounding yourself by people that are different, and when you do things that are different. Personally for me, it's it was really scary for me in the beginning to step outside my comfort zone. I feel like I did it a lot once I got to university, maybe in first year or so. I just signed up to be part of all these clubs and I wanted to go to these parties, I guess, with people I didn't know. 
And all that was really scary because I was just kind of in my high school bubble before that. But I think from there, moving forward, by pushing myself to do things and kind of just signing up, I knew that I would eventually have to do it. And knowing that I put, I just, I was the one that decided to put myself out there, um, I guess following from my last lesson, I stopped myself from being stressed out and truly just embraced the novel situations. And I think there's been a lot of positives that came from that. For example, I made a lot of new friends. Like you and me, we met in university. And I was able to meet a lot of different people through the different club positions I did, through different job positions I did. And I think that's really expanded my life and given me a lot of new perspectives. And I feel like I would not have been able to achieve these things if I just stayed within my comfort zone. That's so true. It's definitely really hard to grow as a person and learn about yourself or improve yourself if you always stay inside your comfort zone, um, no matter how safe and secure you feel. At some point, if you want to grow, you will have to step out of your comfort zone. Um, and I had a question. So I don't know if this is too personal, but what are some lessons that you learned about yourself by stepping outside of your comfort zone? Interesting. That's a great question. I guess this might sound cheesy, but I learned that I could trust myself. And I learned this because I feel like I sign up for to do a lot of things all the time without knowing if I can actually handle it or if I'll be good at it. But I think at the end of the day, there's a part of me that because I decided to do it, I kind of had faith in myself that, you know what, I don't, this is going to be scary, but I'm going to get it done. And after I get something done that I'm kind of like, oh my God, I had no idea I could do that. I feel really proud of myself. And I developed this kind of trust where I feel like I can push myself further and further. And yeah, I mean, this could also be in like fun parts of your life. So an example that really stands out to me is when I was in Switzerland and, um, there was this kind of like ropes course in the Alps, but it was really, really high. And then there was this, this optional jump from like a 35 meter tree that you have to pay extra $5 or Swiss money for. And I think in that moment, I was like, you know what? I'm very comfortable on these mediocre trees, even though those are pretty high already. But like, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in Switzerland. If I don't jump in the Alps, like, what am I doing? So I was like, I could do this, I could do this. And I just, I deep down, I think I really didn't want to because I'm terrified of heights, but I just paid the $5 or whatever. And I got up there. It took me a long time to jump. A lot of people were like, just do it, just do it. And I was holding up the line. I was so scared, but I think I was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna be proud of myself after I'm gonna do it. And then I jumped off, everything was great. And I, that feeling of like, wow, like I did it. Like this is something I didn't think I could do. I, this is something I low key wanted to do, but not really, but I did. And I don't know, I felt like I was very proud of myself. Yeah, wow, that sounds like a very, um, a very great experience. So it sounds like by stepping outside of your comfort zone, you learned that you can handle um, whatever life throws at you and that 
whatever life throws at you, you will be okay because you, you because you trust yourself that you'll be able to deal with it um, accordingly. Um, I think that really reminds me of a quote that I read a long, long time ago. It was something along the lines of, "You can't, you're not truly living until you step outside of your comfort zone." And I feel like your Switzerland example really applies to, or like is really related to that. That's, yeah, I really like that quote. And I guess just to add a small disclaimer, I feel like it's important to know your comfort zone and step in a in a space where you feel safe outside it. I, I don't feel like it's not like step totally super far away from your comfort zone because then something actually might be outside of your skill set or your your comfort levels and it can make you feel very uncomfortable. But just putting yourself in that mild discomfort where you still feel relatively somewhat safe but you do feel like you're being what you do feel like you're challenged you do feel like you're challenged i love that maybe we should keep that in where you where you <laughs> yes exactly challenge um that's where i feel like uh, i try to place myself with this life lesson yeah so like try to step out of your comfort zone but also know what your limits are yeah that's what my minimum limit is yeah exactly that's that's so well put and yeah well thank you so much for sharing your life tips with us i will definitely be using all of those in my life yeah oh my gosh val thank you for listening to me and honestly i'm so glad we did this together because i feel like this is something that i wouldn't feel comfortable doing but with you it just you know it's like a good push and i'm happy that we did it yeah this is definitely outside of my comfort zone so we're both applying number seven number seven <laughs> yeah okay well this is really fun um a little longer than i anticipated i thought this was gonna be 15 minutes i doubt anyone will make it this far yeah i think it's more like one hour but it's okay why is it so long maybe we can fast forward so it'll sound like chipmunks <laughs> anyways i guess i'll catch you soon yeah okay bye bye